0: Well, in case you um, have had your head under a rock or maybe been, been asleep during the service, as you're well aware, it is Father's Day. And being the eclectic group that we are, I know that Father's Day brings out many different emotions. Thinking about our dads might bring a smile or a tear. Our emotions will range from sadness because we miss them, indifference if indeed we're not that close, thankfulness or even tragically tragically the relationship with our fathers is such that there is no fondness to be found as we reflect upon them and there are those among us who feel that Father's Day is simply another day on the calendar that has become hijacked by the retailers in order to grow their profits or perhaps your view of Father's Day is like the little boy who was asked what does Father's Day mean to you? And he thought for a moment and said, well, it's kind of like Mother's Day, except you don't have to spend so much on the present. (laughs) A lady by the name of Martha Bolton has written this about father. She wrote a short essay and it's entitled, What is Fatherhood? And among other things, she brings these points out. Fatherhood is getting to go anywhere you want for Father's Day, getting to drive there and even getting to pay the bill. It's getting up in the middle of the night to see what noise was outside when you'd really rather stay in bed and hide like everyone else. It's the best excuse in the world to buy all those toys you wanted as a child and never got. It's biting your tongue and remembering to be a good example when someone cuts you off on the road. It's assembling toys that require one screwdriver and a nuclear physicist to assemble. It's praying for, hoping for and anxiously looking forward to the day when your kids will be out of the house and on their own and then trying to postpone that day as long as possible as you see it approaching. It's dental bills, broken arms and skateboards. Yes, fatherhood is sometimes a thankless job of fixing kites, breaking up fights, wiping up chocolate milk. It's dental bills, broken arms, and skateboards. It's carrying sleepy kids into the house when you're too tired to even carry yourself in. I just want to bring a a word this morning of encouragement to those dads out there. But as part of that process, there may be some confronted with their own shortcomings, but that's okay. One of the things we heard this morning, one of the things that any dad who walks a path, uh, the path of the Lord, will acknowledge, that um, if you have your shortcomings, welcome to the club. We're all there. We're all in the midst of it together. And with this in mind, if you're sitting there today, and you're actually the perfect dad, if you're sitting there today thinking, I've always had everything together. I've got everything together. All my ducks are in a row. You've actually got my permission this morning to leave because there's probably nothing that you're going to hear that's going to challenge or encourage or inspire you. And I guess if someone were to do that, the pastors would be taking note, thinking there'll be a little visit during the week. I want to read to you a passage that for me in my journey as a dad uh, has probably helped me more than anything else and it's not what you might expect it's not fathers don't exasperate your children but bring them up in the fear and instruction of the Lord so that is important and that's important for us as fathers to come to grips with I'd like you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3 and read from verse 14 it's not a passage that speaks specifically to fathers but from my perspective certainly it's been an inspiration an encouragement for those times when it's been a challenge when God has challenged me When my kids have challenged me, it's been a passage that's been a blessing to me. Can we read it together? Ephesians chapter 3 and from verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do abundantly far more than we ask or think, according to to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Now, while this morning is directed to you dads, its ultimate message is a universal one. The things we'll look at today relate to the human experience across the board, and, and, and I trust that will come, become apparent as, as we move along this morning. But I've got a question to ask all you dads. As you remember your emotions, your joy and wonder at holding your firstborn, what are the things that come to mind? I mean, each of our child, children are a blessing to us. But I know for me, the firstborn was the most incredible moment in my life. It was awe-inspiring. Both my wife and I wept. What were the things that you thought as you brought that totally dependent, tiny, helpless life home? What were your goals? What commitments? What resolutions did you make? I know everyone is different, but like me, most dads start off with great ideals, great dreams, great hopes. But if we're honest with ourselves, we have to recognise that as a dad, we're not always all that we thought we were going to be. I want to speak really briefly this morning about a worthy while unrealistic expectation that we can have as fathers. Let's face it, dads, we all start out with the best of our intentions. We all have high ideals as we bring that newborn home. Ideals like, I'm always going to be there for my children. When they need me, I'm going to be there for them. I'll be their protector. I'll always be there. I'm always going to, Keep my commitments. I'm never going to let them down. I'm going to be a better dad than my dad was. Those areas where I feel my father has fallen short, I'm going to make sure I'm great at it. I'm always going to be fair. I'm not going to lose my temper. I'll be kind and gentle always never using my authority inappropriately. I'm gonna be infinitely patient. And many of these thoughts and even more are common to what dads think as they set out in this new journey of life. And it's a natural response as we begin to walk the road of fatherhood. But here's the reality. These goals are simply not sustainable. They're not ideals that any of us can wholeheartedly fulfill. No parent is always going to be there for their children. We won't be there for every trial, hurt or difficult circumstance they find themselves in in life. In truth, even if we could, would that ultimately be the best for our kids? Most of us more learn more from the trials and challenges of life than the seasons that we might be through, cruising through. When you listen to, to elite athletes... To business, to business people, to those who are entrepreneurs, and even to those who are mature Christians, one of the common things, themes that come through is that they learn more through their failures, through their mistakes, than they do through their successes. No one is able to keep all their promises because sometimes these things are out of our control. In fact, we need to be really careful about the promises that we make to our kids. We can't keep all of our commitments all of the time. Sometimes the reality of life means that we get held up at work. We get stuck in traffic on the way home. There's illness. Or here's the, here's the weakest but often most honest um, reason that sometimes we can't keep our commitments. We forget. Our, our youngest, Nathan, he loves his basketball. They changed his basketball training from... Um, 7 or 7.30, right back to 5 o'clock. And so I sort of made a commitment, I'll make sure I'm home so I can take you to basketball training. Three times in the last few months, I haven't been there. Once I got held up from work, another time I can't re- quite remember what my reason was, but the third one, I'd got home early, there was plenty of time, and it was a nice evening. I thought, I'm home, it's a nice evening, I can go for a run. So I actually went for a run. And Bless my uh, daughter, she was home, she realised where her brother was supposed to be, so being the responsible adult she is, she got her brother to training. Sometimes we forget. I hope and pray that my boys are indeed better fathers than I am. I hope they learn from my shortcomings and resolve to be better in those areas. But more than anything else, I would say to my boys, and I say to you dads, That if you have unrealistic expectations, you're likely to wake up one day and wonder where it all went wrong. If your goal is to be the best dad you can be, that's an honourable goal. May God bless you in it. But recognise that mistakes along the way are part of the parenting process. And as I've mentioned to you before, with five children, I can honestly say I'm continuing to make those mistakes and God is continuing to shape me as a result. So at times we do have what are worthy, though unrealistic expectations. I want to point now to, just quickly, a worthy dependence. Now I'm not saying that we shouldn't strive for excellence, parents, but we have to acknowledge a key biblical principle that the sooner we do, the sooner we can start to walk the path where our kids see the right role models in the lives of their parents. So I don't want to ask each of you dads... What are you depending upon? Where does your dependence stem from? I'm not talking about what you think the pastor really wants you to hear, wants to hear. What is your heart telling you as to what and who your faith is in? Have you fallen into the temptation of the world where health, wealth, intelligence is so important? Do you have dependence on how well your kids behave even? As a Christian, as a child of God, I acknowledge that my Heavenly Father is everything I would love to be, but to use the vernacular, it's kind of on steroids. He's a perfect Heavenly Father. We sung that this morning. He is always there in the midst of our trials, heartache and fears. He does not always remove these trials. He doesn't always remove ill health or the heartache that we feel at times. Because he knows that the depth of character, faith and perseverance these things bring can be a blessing to us. But he does promise and he keeps his promise that he will never leave us alone. That he stands with us in the midst of these trials, of this heartache, of these challenges. Unlike our promises, he can always be depended upon. His word can be trusted and his promises relied upon absolutely. He does not fall short. He's, not a, he's all a father should be. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't go missing. He doesn't get preoccupied. He isn't so busy that he forgets or grows weary. His perfect love is ultimately expressed in the cross. That while we were still sinners, while we were alienated from God, Christ died for us. So we may boldly approach the king of kings, of, and lord of lords and cry abba father the bible describes god as a father who is always approachable hebrews chapter 4 tells us that we can draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of needs he's a heavenly father that we do not try to earn his love nothing can separate us from the love of this heavenly father neither death nor life nor angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of god that is in christ jesus our lord according to romans chapter 8 proverbs three eleven and 12 says that he loves us enough to correct us do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, as a father the son he delights in. He's a heavenly father that provides wisdom generously. James 1:15:5 says, "If you lack wisdom, ask, and he'll give it abundantly. He's a heavenly Father that knows everything there is to know about you. He knows when you sit and when you rise. He perceives your thoughts from afar. He discerns your going out and lying down. He is familiar with all your ways, according to Psalm 139. He's he's a God, a heavenly Father, whose patience and love know no end. From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. This heavenly Father has our best interests at heart. Jesus says in Matthew 7.11, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give give good gifts to those who ask him? God is the Father to the fatherless, protector of widows, and this God calls us his children. That's a beautiful picture of a loving, caring, heavenly Father. Now dads, I've not just described the perfect father to try and smash you, to try and point out what you're not. I've pointed it out to fill you with gratitude as you consider what your heavenly father is like. I I, I don't know many of you well enough to know what your father was like. But here in all his glory is the almighty creator, he who was there at the beginning, who by the power of his words, all things were created. The all-powerful one who knows all things, this God wants you to know him as a father. This God wants you to cry, Abba, Father, and have relationship with him. Maybe your dad was a pattern to follow, or perhaps he was an example of what not to do. Or maybe, as in most cases, there's a little bit of both. But here's a glimpse of one who can, we can be totally dependent upon. Many of us dads have unrealistic expectations, and these can lead to, lead to disappointment. They can lead to a sense of failure or heartache. They can lead to regret or even, for some, despair. Why? because we can feel that our success or failure hinges on things that are beyond our control. If this is the case, what should our focus be? What would be a worthy pursuit as a dad that wants the very best for his kids? Now, none of what I'm about to say is radical. None of it's going to blow your mind. None of this requires a new book at Koorong entitled Six Steps to Being the Perfect Dad. I'm certain that you've heard it before, but the reason the Bible repeats itself, the reason it says things in different ways, the reason the power of God's word continues to be preached around the world and we never exhaust its depth is because God knows we need to be reminded of his truths again and again. He understands the seduction of the world, the propensity we have to walk our own path, to believe what the world bombards us with to forget in the here and now what we know in our heart is true God the Father cares enough to constantly remind us of his truth and to draw us back into line with his will for us so what realistic goals could we as dads have in order to leave a deep and abiding influence for good in the lives of our kids even long after we're gone, because here's the sobering reality. We are going to leave a lasting legacy with our kids. Cat Stevens sings a song, and I know that it's been uh, remixed recently, and it's called Cats in the Cradle, and it's always stuck out to me, that song. I want to share with you uh, the words of that song just quickly. The first stanza starts like this. My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. And he was talking before I knew it. And as he grew, he said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. Uh, the years roll on and the next stanza says this. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I've got a lot to do. He said, that's okay. The years continue to roll by. The next stanza says this. Well, he came from college just the other day, so much like a man, I just had to say, son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and he said with a smile, what I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow the car keys. See you later. Can I have them, please? And finally, I've long since retired. My son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind he said I'd love to dad if I could find the time you see my new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu but it's sure nice talking to you dad it's been sure nice talking to you and it's this last phrase that has always stuck with me and as he hung up the phone it occurred to me he'd grown up just like me my boy was just like me how might we leave the kind of legacy that will prepare, equip, sustain and impact by God's grace the children that he blesses us with? Just briefly this morning, dads. First and foremost, you know this in your heart. First and foremost, get your own house in order. Do you know that God that, that we, we looked at just before as your heavenly father? If you do, does the relationship require more than what you've been willing to give it? Your kids know where your priorities are, dads. Do the words of verse 17 to 19 that we read before. Let me read them again. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It all starts with this. Where does your relationship with the heavenly father sit? Is Christ dwelling through faith? Is the fullness of God's love in Jesus a reality for you? A father needs the wonder of the gospel of Jesus transforming them just as much as their children do. And your children need to see that as a reality in your own life. Secondly, dads, do your children grow up in an environment where the love and affection you have for your wife is apparent? Brett mentioned this earlier. Do your boys know how to treat a woman through your example in the home? Do your daughters grow up with an expectation of what they ought to be looking for with a life partner? cultivate that relationship with your wife don't ever take it for granted thirdly do your kids actually know that you love them and what I mean by that is do you tell them do you hug them it's easy to do that when our kids are young it's it's just a natural thing do your teenagers know that you love them even the one that grates even when they're disrespectful disobedient dishonest rebellious do they actually know that you love them do they get a picture of their heavenly father through the compassion through the love through the patience that you have for them dads is your joy found in their character in their faith in their integrity or have they grown up in an environment where they know what's most important is their school results or their room being tidy, or their jobs being done on time. Now, we have to teach our kids to be responsible. But what is your focus on? Dads, are you honest and transparent before your kids? Do they see a man who is also a work in progress, who admits his own sin, who shares his own life failures and the lessons he has learnt? probably only a week ago I sat down with one of my kids and I talked to them about the mess that my life was as a young man first car was written off around a lamppost first motorcycle went under a car and God I described how God used these things to pursue me do you get do your kids get to hear those experiences of your life how God has taught you the road that God has has brought you along Have they seen your vulnerability or just that facade that you put up for the world to see? Because whether you realize it or not, they can see past. it. Dads, do you have a mentor? Have you got someone in life that you know you can trust with anything? Someone who might be able to keep you accountable. Someone who you know you can call and they'll understand. Or you can send a text message and you know That in that moment, they'll pray. Someone who can challenge you. Oh, so you've applied for that uh, new job. You've applied for that promotion. And it's going to mean more hours, more commitments, more time away from home. Someone that you have a relationship with that is able to say, so what does that mean for the family life that you're committed to? Do you have that relationship? If you don't, and please come and talk to someone in the leadership, one of the pastors, because there are opportunities in church life for you to get plugged in, for you to, to find the support that you may genuinely need. Dads, finally, is there anything you need to forgive your children for that you're still holding on to? Is, are there barriers in the relationship you have with your kids that you need to put right? you're the responsible adult you take the lead and show them how jesus is continuing to change you by you being willing to talk to them about these things so as we conclude just quickly i, I read a recent survey of christian fathers in the u.s that found that 73 percent of fathers feel they've fallen short in their duties And as I was reading that, I was somehow somewhat encouraged because so long as feeling we've somehow not been all we could do turns us, drives us toward God, I don't think that's a bad thing. If our shortcomings point us towards God, a loving Heavenly Father who's able to sustain us and overcome our own shortcomings, I don't think that's a bad thing. I was, however, less encouraged as the article went on to say that more than half of that 73%, so that's roughly a third of all Christian fathers, feel crippled by failure. That discouraged me because, to my mind, it points to a man who has not fully grasped the relationship to be had with a heavenly father who understands, who forgives, who walks alongside and empowers his children. This is why, as a dad, um, these verses are so encouraging to me that I read earlier. The last two verses in our reading in uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him who's able to do abundantly far more than we ask or think, according to his power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The, the phrase too late should be put away from our vocabulary as Christians. It's never too late. Our God is a God of miracles. He, he's a God that transforms lives every day, every second of every day. No matter where you are, you have, by God's grace, the opportunity to restore what might, you might consider to be broken and build what might be in ruins and it's here in this passage that God speaks more powerfully than anything any man could say he's able to do abundantly more than we ask or expect one of the other things that troubled me about uh, reading this article was that there's a balance of 27% of fathers that I would assume think that all is good with the world 73% of fathers are thinking um, I've fallen short 20%, 27% must be thinking, I've got it together. There's no problems here. My kids are great. Family life's cruisy. And as I was thinking about that, I wondered, and I thought to myself, I wonder if we went and asked their children if they would be thinking the same thing, if that's where their children are at. To those of you who may think this message is for someone else, it's not relevant to you, I want to point you to the words of, first corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 and people if you're a christian and you do not know this verse i would encourage you to make a part of your memory system i would encourage you to allow it to sink into your hearts because it doesn't matter what message you're listening to it doesn't matter what the podcast is it doesn't matter what book you're reading these words ought to ring true paul says this so if you think you are standing firm Be careful that you do not fall. They're words for every one of us. Hey, church family, can I ask you with respect, is there something you need to forgive your dad for? Perhaps it's an unkind word. Perhaps there's an action that has left you hurt and you can't let it go maybe it just happened this week maybe it happened this morning when you were sleeping in your dad got frustrated and tried to get you out of bed in order to come to church, I don't know maybe it actually happened many many years ago maybe your dad was an absent father emotionally distant perhaps he was demanding or controlling or tragically even abusive you know what Perhaps your dad doesn't even deserve your forgiveness. Yet we read a verse earlier on that while we were still enemies of God, while we were still far from Him, what did God do? He sent Jesus, He restored us to Himself. I ask you again if there are issues will you forgive will you ask God to help you perhaps just perhaps the greatest of Father's Day gifts that you could offer is the gift of forgiveness I just want to read this passage again and dads I would encourage you if you take nothing else away from this morning take this passage and, and, and meditate on how it can help you, how it can encourage you, how it can inspire you as a dad. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do abundantly more than we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ, through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Dads, mums, children, that kind of covers all of us. We have this awesome privilege and responsibility to engage in family life in such a radically different way that those around us are able to testify to God's power and grace as people look on and say or think or wonder or say to themselves perhaps, why is my family not like that? Why can't I have parents like that? Why don't don't my children... Engage like that. We have a chance to be different, as you've heard many times from the pulpit, to be countercultural in how we bear testimony in the world. Grant that God would give us that opportunity. As the music team comes up, let me pray. Our oh, Father God, I want to thank you for each and every one of our dads. Uh, thank you that while they are far from perfect, yet they are the dads that you gave us. Oh, Lord God, I pray for those who are doing it tough this day, that you would come near to them, that you would cause us all to understand the joy, the privilege, the wonder of knowing a great, perfect heavenly Father. May we forgive our fathers for their shortcomings. May we learn from the good things that they have taught us. May we resolve to be the best fathers we can be in Christ. May we always have a passion and a desire to point our kids to who you are in Christ. May we continually look for opportunities to present the gospel of Jesus Christ into their hearts while they're young, while they're teenagers, even while they're adults and no longer under our house. May we continue to counsel, uh, to encourage, to draw them to you, that by your grace, you will do a great work in them. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.